So we're going to be examining this afternoon how we balance, how we manage our material and spiritual life. And to some extent this question arises because the world today is basically materialistic. So almost every place you go in the world, there's a materialistic culture. It's it's not it's not easy. One has to find one's own way to balance one's life. So Srila Prabhupada is explaining this is from the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, text thirty, Srila Prabhupada's purport. He says that when we're it, when, a, when we're a conditioned living entity, we basically have two kinds of activities. We have conditional activities and constitutional activities. And this is true even if you're a devotee, even if you want to be a spiritual person, a theistic person, uh, still that there's going to be some activities that are in connection with our conditional life, taking care of our body, following the laws, having a job, taking care of our family. And then besides this, we can also take up transcendental or spiritual activities, chanting Hare Krishna and studying the scriptures and worshipping the Lord and so forth. Now, many times, the activities in relationship to our body and the world and the activities in relationship to our spiritual life parallel one another. They're in harmony with one another. I mean, in a in an ideal society, they'd pretty much always be in harmony with one another. Srila Prabhupada talks a lot about having an ideal society. An ideal society, uh, generally what you need to do to maintain your body, your family, etc., and what you need to do for enlightenment are in parallel. They're in harmony. But sometimes these things are in opposition to one another. And I think that this particularly tends to happen in modern society. So we're going to look at some difficulties of opposition. And we're going to look at four main areas of difficulty. So the first area of difficulty is that we may find it hard to be absor- to absorb our mind, to absorb our consciousness in spiritual life. You know, we're we're told by Krishna that what we think of at the time of death determines our next body. He says, Yam Yam Bapi Saram Bhavam Twajachante Kalevaram Tam Tamevaiti Kontaya Saratad Bhava Bhavita. And Krishna explains that the main process in Bhakti Yoga is to absorb our mind in Krishna, to absorb our mind in the divine. But we may find that difficult. We may find that our mind becomes absorbed in all the things we're doing in the world. Another problem we may have is seeing that how is my life service? A person may think, well, working at my job, taking care of my family, going to school, how how is that service? How is that something I'm doing for Krishna? Then another problem we have is pressure for things that are opposed to spiritual life. So people putting pressure on us, go to the movies, drink alcohol, so forth. And then just lack of time. Time, Life gets so busy we really want to meditate and chant and, and it just, we get overwhelmed with all the other things in life. So we're going to be looking at each of these one by one. (coughs) 
So first we're looking at transcendental absorption. So the problems with transcendental absorption is that our work, our family, our school, etc., they seem to be material. How do I think of Krishna in this situation? It's just a material situation. And the other problem with transcendental absorption is that ordinary life activities may absorb our mind. Uh, With life as service, so one may think that renunciation and detachment mean hard-heartedness or being irresponsible. And I may find it difficult to see my life as service. I just think, okay, the way I deal with my life is just I become detached. And then I may neglect my family members. I may neglect myself. But if I neglect my family members or myself emotionally, eventually those basic needs reassert themselves and I end up with a problem. Then pressures for things that oppose spiritual life. So this pressure can come from people I work with. It can come from my other family members. It can come from other students. It can come from my own past bad habits. And I want to, if you give me a second here, I want to just uh, see. Okay. Then another difficulty, as we mentioned, can be lack of time. That, you know, I may stay up late, and I go to work very early, my family, my home may be very demanding, I may waste a lot of time with materialistic entertainment, and then there's little time for my spiritual activities. So sometimes life might seem like that, huh? <laughs> Ah, good luck, yes. So, (laughs) this is the problem. So now we're going to look at solutions. Okay, we're going to look first at the solution for transcendental absorption. So this is a verse in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, text 24. Brahma Panam Brahma Agna Brahmanahutam Brahma And basically what this verse says is that when I am absorbed in transcendental consciousness, everything I do, everything I think is also spiritual. And in the purport to that verse, Srila Prabhupada says, when I use matter in the cause of the absolute truth, it regains its spiritual quality. We're trying to convert our consciousness. And when we convert our consciousness, then myself, what I'm doing, the result, everything is fully spiritual. And here Prabhupada gives an example This is in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 12, text 2, where he says that whatever a devotee is doing, it's in full samadhi. So many of us may be familiar with this term samadhi. Samadhi is the ultimate goal of the eightfold yoga practice. When your mind is fixed on the Lord, 
when you're not even aware of anything in the world. Materialistic persons, psychologists, call this on a material level when you're in a state of flow, when your work feels like play, when your sense of time and space go away, when your sense of self goes away, when you're so absorbed in what you're doing, you forget about everything else. So we, we're all looking for this. A lot of the reason people go for entertainment, etc., is they're looking for the sense of flow. So ultimately, that is that sense of flow is experienced in samadhi. And real samadhi is not just to be absorbed in our in some work that we love, but real samadhi is to be absorbed ultimately in the Supreme. So Srila Prabhupada here is giving the example that even when we're doing ordinary things in the world, like going to the marketplace to buy something, that we can be absorbed in samadhi. That whatever we're doing, we can be thinking of Krishna. And here he gives an example. He says, a person working in the factory, he doesn't associate himself with the factory or the workers. He's thinking, I'm doing this for Krishna. I'm doing this for Krishna. I'm not doing, I'm not doing this job just for myself or my maintenance. And he gives, one gives some of the money for Krishna conscious causes, one uses one's talents for Krishna. And we can be absorbed in transcendence in the way that Krishna advises in the Bhagavad Gita in any circumstance. Krishna says that he's the light of the sun. He says he's the heat in fire. He's the light of the moon. He's flower-bearing spring. He's the ability in a human being. He's a purifiers. He's the wind. He says that he is the fragrance of the earth. He is all the tastes that we have. So we can remember Krishna in any of these so-called material things simply by meditating on Krishna's instructions in the Bhagavad Gita. And of course, we can always meditate on Krishna by remembering his holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Okay, and ultimately we can be absorbed in the beautiful form of the Lord. So we can meditate on how the Lord is the light of the sun and the moon, the taste in water, and so forth, the Hare Krishna mantra, and ultimately, especially, in meditating on the Lord's form. So we can remember the beautiful form of the Lord. We can also remember the different pastimes and activities of the Lord. Remember how the Lord is with his mother Yasoda, how he's saving Draupadi, how he's saving Marsh Brickett in the womb, how he's dancing on the hoods of Kaliya, how Mother Yasoda is tying him up. So in that way we can become transcendentally absorbed even when we're in the material world. Okay, now we're going to examine life as service. So Srila Prabhupada explains that as long as we're not completely purified, 
that we have to work to some extent on the fruit of platform. We have to work to some extent to get things in this world. However, if we're acting in the proper consciousness, then even that work doesn't degrade us. This is a nice poem by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He says, the way that you do this, the way you see your life is service, is you said, there's nothing that's mine. Everything belongs to Krishna. Nothing belongs to me. And therefore, I'm not really working for myself. I'm really working for Krishna. Now, how is it that we're really working for Krishna? As Lord Chaitanya says, he says, if everybody renounces the world, who's going to do the work of the Lord in the world? And this is a nice quote he says to his devotees. He says, whether somebody is renounced or somebody is, has a job and making money, still they can be in the mood of being a servant of Krishna. That I'm doing this for Krishna. So this is a long quote. We're not going to read all of it. But this is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Prabhupada's quoting Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati on this point. That one should always remember... I'm working as a servant of Krishna. I'm working as a servant of Krishna. I'm doing everything to please Krishna, whether I'm making money in the world, taking care of my family, going to school. I'm doing this so that Krishna will be pleased. Prabhupada has this wonderful quote. He says, The secret of surrendering to Krishna is you see everything is part of Krishna's plan. Whatever is meant to be, I am doing. Whatever is meant to be, I am doing. Let me do it with my full attention to every detail. Let me become absorbed in such service. Never mind what it is. So how does one do this? One simply thinks, I'm not really working at the bank. I'm not really going to school. I'm not really taking care of my family. Actually, what I'm doing is I'm pleasing the Lord. I'm trying to please the Lord. So you give up this identity, this false identity. I'm a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister. I'm a son or a daughter. I'm a student. I'm a bank worker. And simply, I am Krishna's servant. And then you become something like a secret agent. Right? So just like if you work for the Slovenian secret service. So you go to another country. Does Slovenia have any enemies? Okay. See, they're all too small, huh? Yeah. There's some advantages to being small, right? Nobody even knows you're there. They don't pay any attention to you. So if you if you work for the government as a secret agent and you go to some other country and you get a job there, you know, you get a job there selling cars or something, but you're not really selling cars. You're really working for your government. Do you understand? It looks like you're selling cars. So we're all supposed to become Krishna's secret agents. So it looks like we have a job. It looks like we're going to school. It looks like we're taking care of a family, but we're not. We're really Krishna's secret agents. We really work for his company. And what does Krishna sell in his company? What's, what's the product that Krishna sells in his company? Yes, bhakti, devotion, love, love of God. Krishna's selling love of God. That's a nice, a nice product, right? Right? So you're always selling love of God. And then everyone you work with, either they're co-workers in the company of love of God, 
or they're suppliers of love of God, or they're customers for love of God, or they're potential customers for love of God. And that's really that's really our job. And then we can understand, like Prabhupada's saying here, that if I'm working for Krishna's company, then we trust that Krishna's always putting me in the perfect place. Whatever is meant to be, that I am doing, Prabhupada says here. Krishna's put me, once you work for Krishna's company, then you can be assured that wherever you are is the perfect place. And Krishna's put us there because he has some business for us there. Now what's really nice about having this mentality is that you're no longer, we're no longer disturbed by how other people treat us or how they deal with us because we're not working for them anymore, we're working for Krishna. So when one does this, then any kind of work becomes transcendental service. I mean, some kinds of work, we're not going to, you know, work at a butcher shop or a prostitution house or something like that, you know, you don't work for the mafia. But other than, other than really, you know, a liquor shop, other than just really nasty things, uh, pretty much any other work one does, one can do that as a servant to Krishna. Okay, I'm really here. It looks like I'm working for the bank. It looks like I'm working at the petrol station. But actually, I'm here as a secret agent, and I'm trying to spread love of God. So the next category we're looking at is how to lead a pure life. How to lead a pure life, even though we're under so much pressure uh, to do so many things that are opposed to spiritual life. So the main way of leading a pure life is to get a real taste of spirituality. So here we see the upside-down banyan tree of the material world. How whatever is, whatever we have in this world, like in this world, right? We we have some on reverence for somebody. But that's really a reflection of the awe reverence we can have for Krishna. And in this world, someone's serving us, we're serving them. That's a reflection of the service we can do for Krishna. In this world, we have some friendship, which is just a reflection of the friendship we can have for Krishna. Or the parental, and having Krishna as our child, or romantic love, and having Krishna as our beloved. So if we want to give up the false thing, then we have to be absorbed in the real thing. We have to be getting the real enjoyment. Now, not only do we need to get the real enjoyment from our relationship with Krishna, but we need to have work in the world we're doing for Krishna that we enjoy. So here Prabhupada is saying in the Bhagavad Gita 247 that there's our regular work, emergency work, and then there's desired activities. So one way that we can keep from doing impure things is to do things for Krishna that we really like to do. Take something we really like to do. Prabhupada said, Krishna has given everyone something extraordinary and to serve Krishna with our extraordinary talent means successful life. So take the things that make us feel alive, that we're really good at, that we really want to do and use that in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this Krishna consciousness movement, we would like everyone in the world to become enlightened. So that's a big job. And we want to make the whole world full of spiritually enlightened beings. That's enough work for everybody to have something to do and then some. 
So each of us can find some way that we can do something in that mission that we really enjoy. And then we'll get so much pleasure from that, we won't be tempted by the things of this world. Then Krishna also says that the yogi is regulated in eating, sleeping, working, and recreation. So that means our recreation should also be something that's related to spiritual life. I think one of the main ways in which we're pulled away from spirituality at the present time is with very materialistic recreation. It's it's become uh, explosive, the amount of, the variety of entertainment and recreation one can have that's materialistic. So find some means of recreation, some means of relaxation and rejuvenation that will help bring us closer to Krishna. And then we want to have a life full in the association of devotees. So we have this Krishna conscious society. It's called the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, not just International Krishna Consciousness. So it really helps to have a pure life if we have a lot of friends who are devotees and we can do things with them. Then we're not so tempted to do materialistic things. Now, if you're really being pressured at work or at school, you can make up some excuse. Sorry, you know, I just get sick if I drink or something like that. And sometimes we have to take extreme measures. Sometimes a person may have some job that's really deeply involved with sinful or materialistic activity and we may have to choose another occupation. And in doing that, we can remember what Srila Prabhupada says here in this purport. He says, the source of our income is not actually the source of our maintenance, that really Krishna is maintaining us, and our job is simply our choice. So we may take a different job according to our choice, but really Krishna is maintaining us. So we don't need to worry, I have to do this job in order to live. So I had a, a very... Interesting experience last year uh, when, in, when I was traveling through Europe. So when I was in one temple, I was I was speaking in the temple room. I was was teaching a class, and during that time there was a rainstorm, and the rain went in my room, and the whole floor of the room was flooded. So I had one bag in which I had some cash. And I was going to take a plane that day, and all the, the cash became completely wet. So I thought, oh, I can't take this on the plane. So I asked some of the people there, well, what can I do? And they said, well, we'll take you to a laundry place, and you can dry the money in the machine. So I said, because I, I, what happens is when I travel, I take planes, and then the places where I go when they invite me, they usually give me them. I pay the plane and then they give me the money. So this was the end of my trip. So I had quite a bit of cash for paying all for all the airplanes. And so I said, well, whoever comes with me to the laundromat, they can't be an envious person because they're going to have to help me with this. So this one guy said, okay, I can do it. No problem. So these two people went with me and we were drawing the cash. And then, then when you put money in the, in a dryer, it gets all wrinkled, you know. So we had to like straighten it out. And, and I didn't want to do this when there was anyone else in the, in the laundromat. So the, some other people, and I had to go to a plane, you know, I didn't have much time. So some people left and the place was empty, just me and these two devotees. And I said, we have to hurry up and straighten this out before the people come in. So we're working on it and I said, you know, I'm, I'm glad you aren't envious. And one of the, the main person who was helping me said, well, this is my job. This is what I do for a job. I count money. 
And I said, oh, do you work in a bank? And he was very quiet. And he said, no, I work in a casino. Uh-huh. So then I started talking to him about this purport. And I said, Krishna's maintaining us. Krishna's maintaining us. I said, you can choose what you want to do. Whatever we're going, whatever prosperity we're destined to get according to our karma, we're going to get that. It's not that you have to work in a casino in order to get your money. If you're destined to get that money, you're going to get it. I said, it's just a question of having the courage to do the right thing. So I was talking to him for a few minutes there in the laundromat and then in the car. And he said, well, maybe in a month or so I'll look for a new job. I said, no, now. I said, you need to do it now. Don't wait. You know, you really need to do it now. So when we got back to the temple, he gave me a donation of 100 euros. I didn't keep it. I, I, I immediately I didn't want to touch the money. Even for Krishna's service, I gave it to somebody else. So it was really interesting that I mentioned this to the temple president. And he said, we've been telling this person this for years. Right? So anyway, when he gave me this donation, he said, okay. He said, today, I'm going to look for a new job. And then he emailed me. And he said, and his wife also worked in the casino. He said, both my wife and I found a new job. And then I said, oh, that's why Krishna got my money wet. <laughs> right? So please have this faith. Please have this faith that we don't need to do something that is sinful and degraded in order to survive. It's not necessary. Now, if we have a job that's really dragging us into materialistic life, we can choose to do something else and Krishna will take care of us. Okay, the last thing we're going to look at is priorities and time management. Somehow the music isn't working here. I have music in this whole show and it's not working and it's really sad and I'm sorry. Maybe another time I'll show you and the music will be working. I don't know. It's not behaving my machine. So it says in the Bhagavatam that somebody who's a human being, they shouldn't be working very hard day and night just to have the pleasures that are available to the dogs and the pigs. You know, just eating, sleeping, mating and defending that shouldn't be the basis of our life. You know, many times the reason we don't have time is that we just want to work for more and more and more and more and more. So just like we can be confident that I don't need to have a sinful occupation in order to live, we should also be confident that let me work eight hours a day at most, and whatever I get, I get. You know, we have our, our destiny. We have our destiny. So a person working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, they're making more money, but they're not going to be happier. You follow? We don't exactly have a destiny of, of money. We have a destiny of how much material happiness we're going to have. So I knew somebody once who had three jobs, you know, working 80, 90 hours a week, but he never had any time to get any pleasure out of his job. I said, what are you working for? He said, I'm working for my children. I said, when do you see your children? What is the point? So if our job is taking up all of our time, maybe make a little less money and have more time for Krishna. 
The quality of our life is predestined. The quality of our life is predestined, basically according to how much charity we gave in our previous lives. So if we work hard to make more money, we'll simply have less enjoyment in another place. Then here Prabhupada Prabhupada talks about how when he was a married man with a family and a business, how he would chant 16 rounds of the Hare Krishna mantra every day. He said that he would chant in four, four periods of time, four rounds each, that he would chant before each meal and then again before going to bed at night. So we may come up with some creative way that works with our schedule of how we're going to spend our time in meditation and spirituality. And it's really important in that regard to work with our own situation that just because there's something that works for somebody else. So somebody else may say, well, the way that, that I spend my time reading, the way that I spend my time chanting is like this, and we might think, okay, I've got to just copy that. But it's more a question of being creative, to find a way, right? How can I make chanting and meditation and study and spiritual service for the mission, how can I make that part of my regular schedule? How can I make it something that I'm doing regularly? And this may change at different points in our life. You know, if you have a little baby, it's going to be a little different than if your children are grown up. If you're going to school, it may be different than if you have a job. If you get a different job, it may change. So sometimes we have some way of managing our schedule that works for us at one time in our life, and as we go on, that no longer works, and then we have to try something different. So this picture here, I'm sure that some of you are familiar with this, that if you have a big glass and you want to fill it with big rocks, small rocks, sand, and water, right? If you put the, the sand in first, then you don't have room for everything. But if you put the big rocks in first and then the little rocks and then the sand and the water, then you have room for everything. So often we think, first let me get my material stuff done and then whatever time is left I'll give for spirituality. So we would suggest do the opposite, to say, my most important priority is connecting with Krishna. My most important priority is becoming enlightened. My most important priority is love of God. And, you know, we don't have to get everything else done. We don't have to get everything else done in life. You know, we're all going to die, and when we die, something's not going to be done. You know that? and it'll be okay, and nobody will care. Seriously. Right? So many people have died, and the world has just gone on. Right? Has the world collapsed because any one particular person died? Never. Hasn't happened. And we're thinking, you know, if I don't get all this stuff done, then the whole, the whole world will be finished. Everything will just blow up. Nobody will have any food to eat or something like that. Everything is so important. But it just isn't true. Everything isn't so important. What's really important is that we connect with Krishna. And it's okay if we don't get everything else done or everything else done perfectly as long as we have our relationship with Krishna done perfectly. Another way to really have our spiritual practice a priority in our life is to engage in spiritual practices that are enlivening to us. So Srila Prabhupada has given those who are disciples a basic practice, at least 16 rounds, right? Reading the books every day. 
But I've talked to many people and they said, well, I'm, I'm not reading the scriptures. And I say, why not? And they said, well, I heard you're supposed to start with Bhagavad Gita and I don't like Bhagavad Gita. I said, so what do you read? They said, though I read nothing. So I said, that, well, what do you like? I remember one person said, well, I like nectar devotion. I said, well, then read that. Oh, but I'm not allowed to read it first. But then you're not reading anything. Right? So find what's spiritually enlivening for you. If there's one of the books you really like, please read that. It's some aspect of Krishna consciousness that you really enjoy. Then really make that a priority. You know, each of us have things that we really like. Some people really like cooking for Krishna. Some people really like writing for Krishna. Some people really like studying. Some people really like kirtan. Some people really like japa. I have... One good friend who, when she came to the Hare Krishna movement, she so much liked chanting on beads that she just kept increasing and increasing and increasing. Whenever she had time, she would just chant japa. So she was chanting like 40-something rounds every day. Because that's what really enlivens her. And for someone else, what really enlivens them is taking care of their deities. So I know people, you know, they spend time every day with flower arrangements and this. Because if you're doing something you really like, my dear friends, then you'll do it. Yes? If we do things just out of obligation or just because we're supposed to or just because we should, then it's very easy not to do it. But if you're doing something for Krishna that you really enjoy, then you'll make time for it. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes? Yes? So find creative ways. If you don't have time to read, you can get audio books. So those of you who understand English have a big advantage here because we have all of Srila Prabhupada's books are available in audio form. And you can listen while you're driving, you can listen, you know, on the train, you can listen while you're cooking or whatever. Uh, so find different creative ways of making Krishna consciousness part of your life. Okay, we're going to do a little summary of our solutions to our four areas. So in order to have transcendental vision, we dedicate everything to Krishna. We see Krishna in his material energy like the light of the sun, our ability and so forth. And we intentionally remember Krishna's name, form, qualities and pastimes. To see our life as service. We see that everything belongs to Krishna. I'm Krishna's secret agent. And everything I'm dealing with is Krishna's and is meant to be used for his purposes. I'm taking care of everything as part of my service to him. And therefore, I do everything with great attention. To deal with temptations for sinful life. To get experience of Krishna consciousness. Don't keep it theoretical. Don't have it just some, you know, cool philosophy that you're studying. But have it be a real experiential uh, practice, something that's deeply part of yourself to have devotee friends, to do things you enjoy in Krishna's service, have recreation in Krishna's service, use some excuses to get out of sinful life if you're really in a pinch, and if ultimately necessary, sometimes one may have to change one's occupation. And then for scheduling, to be satisfied with what I can get in eight hours a day of work, to remember that quality of life is more important to put Krishna first, to have creative solutions in timing, in means, to find your own solutions, don't just copy-paste someone else's solutions, that change as your life changes. 
and then we will have actually a map about how we can balance our material and spiritual life. Indeed, if we do if we do these things in these four areas, in one sense we won't even have a material life. Everything will have become spiritualized. So questions, comments? Someone can turn on the lights. Yes. Mm. What's our choices? What's our choices? So you're saying that the only work that's available is more than eight hours a day. Um, not only work, but most of the work. That most of the work is like that. Unless if you go living on your own farms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Well, if you really feel that that's all that's available, then you're going to have to be awfully creative in your life as to how you're going to prioritize. But I, I do think that there's a possibility that you can go to Krishna and say, my dear Krishna, I want to put you first. I want to make sure that I have enough time for you. And I'm convinced that you're going to be able to maintain me without my having to work 12 or 13 hours a day. So you please provide for me. You please show show me a way that I can work a, a sane number of hours and still get what I need. It, it's if we ask Krishna for things that he also wants, then except in some rare situations, he will provide. He'll open the doors for you. You know, many times these situations are a lack of faith. Many times they're just a lack of faith. Like this man who worked in the casino, you know, he just said there's no other job. But once he made that determination, he said, I'm going to quit. He didn't know what else, what other job he would get. He said, I'm going to make this determination that I'm going to quit. And he ended up getting actually a much better job. So there might be some situations where you're really stuck. That can happen. But generally speaking, if we really say to Krishna, my dear Krishna, I, I don't want to be working like this. It's killing me. I want to put you first. You know, I'm, I'm really going to make a commitment, and you've got to make a commitment on your end. Then Krishna will arrange. He's good at that. He's much more clever than we are. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. For example, at the moment I have a job, I work as a salesman. Okay. And I have trouble talking to customers about business, about problems, and things, thinking of Krishna at the same time. I have trouble connecting with I'm not sure how I want to. Okay, so you're a telephone operator and you want to be able to connect with Krishna. All right. So we talked about two different ways of connecting with Krishna. One is just a general consciousness of Krishna, and then one is seeing your work as service. 
So if we're seeing your work as service, stop thinking that you're a telephone operator. Okay? Get rid of that identity. It's called an upadi. The Sanskrit is sarvapadi vinir muktan tarpartain and nirmala rishikesha rishikena sevana bhakti rishite. So you're not a telephone operator. You're Krishna's secret agent. And your telephone operator job is your cover. You understand? That's just your cover. And your real business is to spread love of God. So some of the people you talk to on the telephone, they might also be working for Krishna's company. They might be co-workers. Some of them might be suppliers of love of God. Probably most of them are customers or potential customers. So then the question becomes, how can I do my telephone operator business so that I can also be selling love of God to these people? How can I sell love of God to the people that I interact with? That's the meditation. And, you know, just like sometimes we're doing something, not for what we're doing, but because someone else is watching and we're trying to impress them. Everybody has this experience? You're doing something, but you don't really care about what you're doing. You care about the person who's watching you. So Krishna's watching. Is Krishna watching? Is he listening? How can I deal with these people on the telephone so that Krishna will smile? How can I deal with them so that Krishna will smile? So Krishna talks about that, right? Like in the 12th chapter, he says, one who's equal to friends and enemies, happiness and distress, heat and cold. That's what pleases Krishna. You can study that. Bhagavad Gita 12, 13 to 30 to 20. And if you behave like that, some of those people you're talking to, they will. If you have that consciousness, some of those people you're talking to will say, you're one of the most extraordinary persons I've ever talked to. You sound so happy. You sound so peaceful. What are you eating? You know, they'll ask you. They'll ask, I remember we went, we were at a Ratiatra, this long time ago, and I took my son and one other little boy, they were very little, to use the toilet in one museum. And the one man at the museum, he said, I've never seen children so bright. What are you feeding them? So, the, we want to be like that. So people will come and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? And if you have this mind of being Krishna's secret agent, you will find co-workers also in Krishna's company. You'll find them. They'll reveal themselves to you. If you're not in that mood, if you're in the mood just that I'm a telephone operator, it won't happen very much. But if you're in the mood that I'm Krishna's secret agent, then Krishna will he'll, he'll start giving you opportunities. So that's how to see your work as service. And that... The, as far as meditation, Krishna says he's our ability. So your ability to pick up the phone, your ability to speak, your ability to think, your ability to connect someone, the ability of the other person. Krishna says he's our intelligence, our ability to know what to say, to know when to say thank you very much and hang up. That's Krishna. Krishna says he's the light in all luminous objects. So if you're looking at a computer screen, light coming out of the screen, that is Krishna. The light coming out of your phone, that is Krishna. The light coming from the light bulb, that is Krishna. The light coming from the window, that is Krishna. Krishna says, join with the life air to digest the foodstuffs as you're breathing. Are we all breathing? Pay attention to our breathing. That's Krishna. That's a question of paying attention, of meditating. Okay, this light is Krishna. That light is Krishna. 
So that takes some effort. It takes some effort. It doesn't, it won't take effort eternally. But in the beginning it will take some effort to be aware that there is Krishna. Right? So those two ways, just, and then you can also, as we were saying, you can be chanting Hare Krishna in your mind. You can, you know, maybe you can have a little picture of Krishna on your phone that you meditate on. You can have the, the things you say and the other people you deal with can remind you of Krishna's pastimes. I was, there was one year I was working in a government school, a big uh, primary school in America, 450 kids, big school. And when I would walk through the halls, so that I would be chanting with my walking. You know, I was timing my walking to chanting. And, and I remember one time when I stopped by the uh, gymnasium, I don't know if you use that word the same way, where, where they do physical exercise, and the kids were jumping rope, and they were doing all these very graceful, like, dance moves with a jump rope. And I was thinking about how every evening that Krishna sees a dramatic performance, an acrobatic performance. So, I mean, anything in the world can remind you of Krishna's pastimes. Of course, that means you have to study Krishna's pastimes or they won't remind you of them. So this means reading Krishna book. And if you, if you read Krishna book and you read about, read the Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita, you read about Krishna's activities, then naturally what you see and what you think about and what you contact in the world will remind you. But again, it takes some effort. Take some practice. Okay, I think now we have time for RT, yes? So thank you very much. Hare Krishna.